0: Brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that shares your values. More information is available at charitymobile.com. Anum Sacrum, Encyclical of Pope Leo the Thirteenth on Consecration to the Sacred Heart. Venerable Brethren, Health and the Apostolic Benediction. But a short time ago, as you well know, we, by letters apostolic and following the custom and ordinances of our predecessors, commanded the celebration in this city at no distant date of a holy year and now today in the hope and with the object that this religious celebration shall be devoutly performed we have traced and recommended a striking design from which if all shall follow it out with hearty good will, we not unreasonably expect an extraordinary and lasting benefit for christendom in the first place and also for the whole human race already more than once we have endeavored after the example of our predecessors innocent the XII, twelfth benedict the thirteenth clement the thirteenth pious the sixth and pious the ninth devoutly to foster and bring out into fuller light that most excellent form of devotion which has for its object the veneration of the sacred heart of jesus this we did especially by the decree given on june twenty eighth eighteen eighty nine by which we raised the feast under that name to the dignity of the first class but now we have in mind a more signal form of devotion, which shall be in a manner the crowning perfection of all the honors that people have been accustomed to pay to the Sacred Heart, and which we confidently trust will be most pleasing to Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. This is not the first time, however, that the design of which we speak has been mooted. Twenty-five years ago, in the approach of the solemnities of the second centenary of the Blessed Margaret Mary Alacoque's reception of the Divine Command to propagate the worship of the Sacred Heart, Many letters from all parts, not merely from private persons, but from bishops, also were sent to Pius Ninth, begging that he would consent to consecrate the whole human race to the most sacred heart of Jesus. It was thought best at the time to postpone the matter in order that a well-considered decision might be arrived at. Meanwhile, permission was granted to individual cities which desired it thus to consecrate themselves, and a form of consecration was drawn up. Now, for certain new and additional reasons, we consider that the plan is ripe for fulfillment. The worldwide and solemn testimony of allegiance and piety is especially appropriate to Jesus Christ, who is the head and supreme lord of the race. His empire extends not only over Catholic nations and those who, having been duly washed in the waters of holy baptism, belong of right to the church, although erroneous opinions keep them astray, or dissent from her teaching cuts them off from her care. It comprises all those who are deprived of the Christian faith, so that the whole human race is most truly under the power of Jesus Christ. For he who is the only begotten Son of God, the Father, having the same substance with him and being the brightness of his glory and the figure of his substance, necessarily has everything in common with the Father, therefore sovereign power over all things. This is why the Son of God thus speaks of himself through the prophet. But I am appointed king by him over Sion, his holy mountain. The Lord said to me, Thou art my son, this day I have begotten thee. Ask of thee, and I will give thee those not subject to the old covenant for thy inheritance, and for the utmost part of the earth thy possession. By these words he declares that he has power from God over the whole church, which is signified by Mount Sion, and also over the rest of the world to its utmost ends. On what foundation this sovereign power rests is made sufficiently plain by the words, Thou art my son. For by the very fact that he is the son of the king of all, he is also the heir of all his father's power. Hence the words, I will give thee those not subject to the old covenant for thy inheritance, which are similar to those used by Paul the apostle, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. But We should now give most special consideration to the declarations made by Jesus Christ, not through the apostles or the prophets, but by his own words. To the Roman governor who asked him, Art thou a king then? He answered unhesitatingly, Thou sayest that I am a king. And the greatest of this power and the boundlessness of his kingdom is still more clearly declared in these words of the apostles, All power is given to me in heaven and on the earth. If then all power has been given to Christ, it follows of necessity that his empire must be supreme, absolute, and independent of the will of any other, so that none is either equal or like unto it, and since it has been given in heaven and on earth, it ought to have heaven and earth obedient to it. And verily, he has acted on this extraordinary and peculiar right when he commanded his apostles to preach his doctrine over the earth, to gather all men together into the one body of the church by the baptism of salvation, and bind them by laws which no one could reject without risking his eternal salvation. But this is not all. Christ reigns not only by natural right as the Son of God, but also by a right that he has acquired. For he it was who snatched us from the power of darkness and gave himself for the redemption of all. Therefore, not only Catholics and those who have duly received Christian baptism, but also all men, individually and collectively, have become to him a purchased people. St. Augustine's words are therefore to the point when he says, You ask what price he paid. See what he gave and you will understand how much he paid. The price was the blood of Christ. What could cost so much but the whole world and all its people? The great price he paid was paid for all. How it comes about that those who reject uh, this themselves are subject to the power and dominion of Jesus Christ is clearly shown by St. Thomas, who gives us the reason and its explanation. For having put the question whether his judicial power extends to all men, and having stated that the judicial authority flows naturally from royal authority, he concludes decisively as follows, All things are subject to Christ as far as his power is concerned, although they are not all subject to him in the exercise of that power this sovereign power of christ over men is exercised by truth justice and above all by charity to this twofold ground of power and dominion he graciously allows us if we think fit to add voluntary consecration jesus christ our god and our redeemer is rich in the fullest and perfect possession of all things we, on the other hand, are so poor and needy that we have nothing of our own to offer him as a gift, but yet as in his infinite goodness and love he in no way objects to our giving and consecrating to him what is already his, as if it were really our own. Nay, far from refusing such an offering, he positively desires it and asks for it. My son, give me thy heart. We are therefore able to be pleasing to him by the good will and the affection of our soul, for by consecrating ourselves to him We not only declare our open and free acknowledgement and acceptance of his authority over us, but we also testify that if what we offer as a gift were really our own, we would still offer it with our whole heart. We also beg of him that he would vouchsafe to receive it from us, though through clearly his own. Such is the efficacy of the act by which we speak, such is the meaning underlying our own words. And since there is in the sacred heart a symbol and a sensible image of the infinite love of Jesus Christ, which moves us to love one another, Therefore, is it fit and proper that we should consecrate ourselves to his most sacred heart, an act of which is nothing less than offering and a binding of oneself to Jesus Christ, seeing that whatever honor, veneration, and love is given to this divine heart is really and truly given to Christ himself. For these reasons, we urge and exhort all who know and love this divine heart willingly to undertake this act of piety, And it is our earnest desire that all should make it on the same day, that so the aspirations of so many thousands who are performing this act of consecration may be born to the temple of heaven on the same day. But shall we allow to slip from our remembrance those innumerable others upon whom the light of Christian truth has not yet shined? We hold the place of him who came to save that which was lost, and who shed his blood for the salvation of the whole human race. And So we greatly desire to bring to the true life those who sit in the shadow of death." As we have already sent messengers of Christ over the earth to instruct them, so now in pity for their lot with all our soul we commend them, and as far as us in us lies, we consecrate them to the sacred heart of Jesus. In this way, this act of devotion, which we recommend, will be a blessing to all. For having performed it, those in whose hearts are the knowing and love of Jesus Christ will feel that faith and love increased. Those who, knowing Christ, yet neglect his law and its precepts, may still gain from his sacred heart the flame of charity." And lastly, for those still more unfortunate who are struggling in the darkness of superstition, we shall all with one mind implore the assistance of heaven, that Jesus Christ, to whose power they are subject, may also one day render them submissive to its exercise, and that not only in the life to come when he will fulfill his will upon all men, by saving some and punishing others, but also in the mortal life by giving them faith and holiness. May they by these virtues strive to honor God as they ought and to win everlasting happiness in heaven. Such an act of consecration, since it can establish or draw tighter the bonds which naturally connect public affairs with God, gives to states a hope of better things. In these latter times especially, a policy has been followed which has resulted in a sort of wall being raised between the church and civil society. In the constitution and administration of states, the authority of sacred and divine law is utterly disregarded, with a view to the exclusion of religion from having a constant part in public life. This policy almost tends to the removal of the Christian faith from our midst, and, if that were possible, of the banishment of God himself from the earth. When men's minds are raised to such a height of insolent pride, What wonder is it that the greater part of the human race should have fallen into such disquiet of mind and be buffeted by waves so rough that no one is suffered to be free from anxiety and peril? When religion is once discarded, it follows of necessity that the surest foundations of the public welfare must give way, whilst God, to inflict on his enemies the punishment they so richly deserve, has left them the prey of their own evil desires, so that they give themselves up to their passions and finally wear themselves out by excess of liberty. Hence the abundance of evils which now have for a long time settled upon the world, in which pressingly call upon us to seek for help from Him, by whose strength alone they can be driven away. Who can he be but Jesus Christ the only begotten Son of God? For there is no other name under heaven given to men whereby we must be saved. We must have recourse to him who is the way, the truth and the life. We have gone astray, and we must return to the right path. Darkness has overshadowed our minds, and the gloom must be dispelled by the light of truth death has seized us and we must lay hold of life it will at length be possible that our many wounds be healed and all justice spring forth again with the hope of restored authority that the splendors of peace be renewed and swords and arms drop from the hand when all men acknowledge the empire of christ and willingly obey his word and every tongue shall confess that our lord jesus christ is the glory of god the father When the church in the days immediately succeeding her institution was suppressed beneath the yoke of the Caesars, a young emperor saw in the heavens a cross, which became at once the happy omen and cause of the glorious victory that soon followed. And now today, behold, another blessed and heavenly token is offered to our sight, the most sacred heart of Jesus, with a cross rising from it and shining forth with dazzling splendor amidst flames of love. In that sacred heart all our hopes should be placed, and from it the salvation of men is to be confidently besought. Finally, there is one motive which we are unwilling to pass over in silence. Personal to ourselves, it is true, but still good and weighty, which moves us to undertake this celebration. God, the author of every good, not long ago preserved our life by relieving us of a dangerous affliction. We now wish, by this increase of the honor paid to the Sacred Heart, that the memory of this great mercy should be brought immediately forward, and our gratitude be publicly acknowledged. For these reasons, we ordain that on the ninth, 10th, and 11th of the coming month of June, in the principal church of every town and village, certain prayers be said, and on each of these days there be added to the other prayers the litany of the Sacred Heart approved by our authority. On the last day the form of consecration shall be recited, which, venerable brethren, we sent to you with these letters. As a pledge of divine benefits and in token of our paternal benevolence, to you and to the clergy and people committed to your care, we lovingly grant in the Lord, The apostolic benediction given at rome at st peter's on the 25th day of may 1899 the 22nd year of our pontificate blessed pope leo the thirteenth leo's words are clear and would we hear such words today from the pontiff consecrate yourself and your home and your family to the sacred heart of our blessed lord especially these days As I upload this, we're seeing the focus of the world at this time on, shall we say, something very, very different than that of the Sacred Heart of our Blessed Lord. And He truly can be that which can fix most of the things gone awry in the world today. So please turn your attention, turn your gaze, turn your focus on our Blessed Lord, for He truly is where you should seek your refuge. I hope you found this edifying and helpful. Please pray for the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.